Good morning to you at the Kearney campus. So great to be with you again. We've been spending this whole entire month looking at the word on words and how we are to use our language, our conversations, our words, and how the scriptures say, hey, this is the best possible way to do that. And so we kind of had an early on challenge. If you remember in week one, we kind of said, listen, we are to have a new rhythm in how we enter into conversations. James 1.19. Dear brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life God desires. In week two, we kind of looked at this idea of, hey, nobody can tame the tongue. It's an untamable thing. Like, you're perfect if you could control your tongue, able to control all aspects of your life, but no one ever gets there. And it's going to be this constant tension. And so you can't tame it, but we're to guard it. And so we need to kind of keep a guard over our mouth. And last week, we kind of looked at this idea of Ephesians 4.29, that we are to be people who are now using our words to help build up. Uh, we don't want to serve up fish mouth, we said. We want to build up people in our conversations. So Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk, that sapros Greek word there, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not yours, but to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So today, I want to kind of turn our attention to another little thing uh, that we tend to do with our words called gossip. In fact, let's just say that word out loud together. Are you ready? One, two, three, gossip. In fact, it just sounds kind of snaky, doesn't it? It's just like gossip. It's like a hiss of a snake. Some refer to gossip as just this deep morsel, what the scripture kind of say. Of, and, and what does that look like? We live in a culture that loves to talk about people, and, but not necessarily to people. We want to talk about them. And, and the scriptures have a lot to say. Hey, not only are we having a new rhythm to how we enter conversation, we're to have a new purpose in how we do that. And what we don't want is to have conversations where things go sideways. And gossip is a way where conversations and eventually even relationships tend to go sideways. It, it can get to a place where there's a lot of hurt that engulfs the relationship, and we want to be people that are building up, so we don't want to enter into what the ways of the world talk about and what so much of the tabloid news and is all about is this idea of gossip. And so we're going to look at some words from the Apostle Paul. So just a quick reminder of the Apostle Paul. Who is he? What is his transformational story? If you remember back that uh, Paul was not his original name. Saul was his original name. And he was a, a religious leader of leaders in Judaism. And he was actually out to stamp out this early church that was following this resurrected Savior named Jesus. And he went all throughout the towns trying to stamp this out to stop the movement of Jesus until one day he has a conversion moment. And Jesus intercepts his life and converts him to Christianity. He says yes to Jesus, and he goes from one of the people who was trying to eliminate to the church to one of the greatest advocates of the church, writing half of your New Testament. And so Paul, Saul, is transformed into Paul, and God uses him to not only in the ancient Near East to shepherd hundreds and hundreds of people and to plant hundreds of churches, but to actually speak into the lives of you and me today. In our Bible, 2,000 years later, we get to open up and look at his words and his wisdom uh, inspired by the Spirit that we might know. And he's delivering his unchanging grace. God is continually changing the lives of people. 
In fact, maybe you're a living testimony of that, and you think back over your own story and how God has been at work transforming and changing you. He continually does that, friends. And when it comes to our words, when it comes to gossip, there's some insight that the Apostle Paul has for us in Philippians chapter 4. He, he kind of says, listen, I want you to fix your mind on these good things. Here's how he says it in a, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, again, there's that phrase. It's an all skate. It's everybody. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. He's directing us to keep our focus on these things, meaning there's so much of things that could go sideways, so many things that are clamoring for our attention, so many uh, juicy morsels that are out there be saying, listen, you keep your focus on this, on what's true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely. You keep your mind focused on that. See, here's one of the foundational truths when it comes to gossip, when it comes to our talk life, is that your thought life will influence your talk life. The truth is, what we let our minds think about will eventually be what our words talk about. Uh, what we let our minds think about will eventually be what our words talk about. Our world likes to air dirty laundry. We've all been, a th like we've all probably participated in that. We've all seen it around. You can't enter into a grocery store checkout line without seeing tabloid after tabloid after tabloid airing the dirty laundry of people around. It's one of the negative news cycles that goes on, the tabloids around us, the celebrity gossip, all kinds of big business is around airing the dirty laundry of people around us. Several Proverbs have insight for us. Proverbs 18.8 says this, The words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Gossip might be tasty, but it's also dangerous and damaging to the relationships. If you will, it's kind of the dark side of communication. It gets conversations going sideways, and eventually relationships go sideways if left unchecked. In the scripture, gossip and slander are confronted fiercely by the Apostle Paul and by Jesus himself. In fact, we're to flee such word sins by offering words of truth and encouragement and praise in their place. We're to concentrate on words that build up instead of tearing down. We're to put our focus on what matters most and what's more beautiful and better and noble and right instead of what's negative and what kind of gets things going sideways. Finally, brothers and sisters, again, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely or admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Your thought life will influence your talk life. So let your thoughts and focus go here. Let it begin to influence the words you then speak. We, are, again, are putting a guard over our mouth. We don't want gossip or participating in that because we know how damaging it can be. Uh, a pastor, uh, Scott Sauls, who pastors the church in Nashville, said this, Gossip is porno pornography of the mouth. Like porn, it seeks a cheap thrill at someone else's expense with zero commitment to them. Uh, Proverbs, uh, the writer of Proverbs has these things to say about gossip. Proverbs 29, 19, a gossip portrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. 
11, 13, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. Here's the reality statement about gossip. Those with loose tongues cannot expect tight relationships. Those with loose tongues cannot expect to have tight relationships. We, when we give in to gossip, we end up vandalizing another person's dignity. We may have a bone to pick with them, and if we do, then let's go make sure that we're a person that talks to that person, not about that person to other people. That's the challenge that the scriptures are saying. And sometimes it's even hard to know, okay, what is, when am I gossiping? Like, how do I know if I'm actually gossiping? Sometimes it's hard to nail down. It's kind of like nailing jello to a wall. And so am I doing it? Am I not doing it? It's kind of hard to know. But here's what we do know. You know when it's happening to you. You know when people are gossiping about you. And so the challenge for us is to say, listen, we don't want to be people. We want to be people who zip it up. We don't want to just spread it out. Uh, we don't want gossip to get conversations sideways and eventually get relationships going sideways. Pastor Rick Warren gave a great definition of gossip. And we, we know when we're gossiping when this occurs. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. Let me say that again. When we're talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem nor part of the solution, we're probably gossiping. And so we want to think about the intent behind our conversations that we're having. It's really important when we talk about gossip. Do you say things to harm people or to really help people? Remember, we want to be people who are helpful, not just nice. We want to be people who are building up. So our motivation matters here. And in a culture that loves to talk, there's wisdom in knowing when to hold your tongue and when to be quiet. Uh, there's a great Christian virtue in simply learning to hold your tongue. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German Christian martyr from the Second World War, had this to say about just understanding the tongue. He said, often we combat our evil thoughts most effectively if we absolutely refuse to allow them to be expressed in words. Uh, that sometimes one of the greatest things we can do as a follower of Jesus is to be quiet and not have to have a comment, and not have to say something, or to continue to pass something on, especially if that person's not part of the problem or part of the solution, then maybe, just maybe, we need to be more quiet. The Apostle Paul goes on into uh, another section of scripture in Timothy as he's writing to his protege, Timothy, and trying to build him up as a pastor of the church. He's encouraging Timothy to be faithful in the face of hardship and adversity. He's making an analogy to a soldier who does not get caught up in civilian affairs but stays on mission. That we as Christians are not to be caught up in the ways of this world, but we're to stay like an elite athlete that's focused in the moment of what we're chasing or what we're pursuing, to reflect on these things. He writes to Timothy these words. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. Keep reminding God's people of all these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It's of no value. It only ruins those who listen. Do your best. Present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed or who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter. 
because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. I love that phrase. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly, meaning we'll become more and more drifting away from God's best and his intent and what he desires for us. The tongue is that restless evil. Remember James chapter 3? You'll never fully tame it, but you've got to guard it. Remember James 3? With it we bless the Lord and our Father, and with it we curse those who are made in God's likeness. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, and friends, this should not be. That's the challenge. It's hard to do. It's hard to zip it. But it's the call and challenge for us who are trying to live more and more like Jesus. That we are to be people who are blessing others, encouraging others, strengthening others, breathing new life and hope into them. The ministry of encouragement is what we're called to. The discouragement of gossip is what we're called away from. And yet that's kind of the way of the world around us. And it's a challenge for us to disengage from that. One of the biggest problems with gossip is often how it hurts people, and it hurts people with mistruths or half-truths. In fact, we don't even get the real story right. We get it wrong often, and at least we get it incomplete. And sometimes we even miss the intent of the reality going on around it. If you remember back to when you were a kid and, and you remember the telephone game, Uh, The telephone game is when someone would be maybe uh, 10 people lined up and one person would have a statement and they would say the statement and whisper it in the ear of another and they would just pass it down the line and then the last person would say, here's what I heard. And the reality is that that last person really hardly ever said what the first person actually said. It somehow got lost in translation down the line. And that's what gossip does. It, It has a way of losing translation of intent and really the truth behind what's happening. Uh, Bonnie Miller, uh, a reporter for Chicago Tribune, writes these words. Gossip, always hurtful, but once limited to note-taking and note-passing, to phone calls and scrawls on bathroom walls, is more pervasive and vicious than ever, thanks to the internet. The reality is that our tongue has no bones, but it can break a heart faster than anything else. And and so the call for us is to be people who build up, not tear down. We want to eliminate gossip. We want to zip it. We don't want to just keep spreading. And so we must consider maybe a couple things. If this is a struggle, and listen, we all struggle with this. It's not something that the elite finally arrive and never have to deal with. No, no, remember? This is a constant tension that we're never going to fully solve. We have to continually guard and be aware of it. And so if you find yourself as a person who maybe struggles with gossip a little bit, or maybe you've been wounded by it, I think we need to consider some things. And maybe first of all, we need to consider what is beneath the words of what we're sharing or spreading or passing on. Uh, What are the things that are coming out of your mouth? And maybe as you can, if you struggle with continually gossip, maybe it's beginning to ask ourselves, why? Uh, Why do I feel the need to try to tear down someone else in order to maybe even prop up myself. The truth is, most of us struggle with insecurity. And so sometimes gossip is just driven by the insecurity. I I want to look better, and so I'm going to lean into someone else's struggle so that maybe I look a little better. If we're just honest, 
And so the challenge for us is to look beneath our words. Is there some insecurity in my life? And maybe I need to bring that back before the Lord and say, God, would you help me grow in my security and my foundation of being founded and grounded in you and your love for me? Then I don't have to live for other people's approval. I can live for the approval you've already given me, what Jesus has demonstrated. My value comes because he went to the cross for me. My value is founded in that, and therefore I can live from that strength. Maybe another thing, if you find yourself gossiping or criticizing others, if we're just, uh, my mama used to always tell me, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And so maybe this is the idea of saying, listen, uh, I need to understand that often what I criticize in others is something that I really don't like in my own self. And because I'm so alert and aware to it, in myself when I struggle with it, I'm so it's so easy for me to see in others. And so we amplify it. But we need to look beneath our own words. We must do. It's this constant call to God, continual help. I want to be a person who tames my tongue. I don't want to be a person who continues. See, if you're a cynical person and you don't like that about yourself, then you may often criticize the cynicism of someone else. If you're a prideful person, who has an issue with that, and you begin criticizing other people who seem proud in themselves because you can see it a mile away. And so we need to make sure that we're continually trying to own our things. I love the prayer of David in Psalm 141, verse 3 through 4, says this, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil. God, set a guard over my lips, over the door of my lips, my heart. Don't let me be drawn to what's evil. And gossip is one of those things that begins to draw us away, and it ends up getting conversation sideways, and eventually gets relationships sideways, and damage and hurt becomes a part of that. We are to be people who build up and speak words of life and encouragement into others. I love the story of Ken Blanchard and his association, his uh, his group, and they tell the story. They were doing a conference for 3,000 frontline grocery store workers. And Ken Blanchard is an author and a speaker, and their organization does a lot of help and training for leaders across the country. And so they did this for 3,000 frontline workers in a grocery store chain. And they left that conference, and everyone went home. And a few days later, uh, this young man reached out to their associates there and said, hey, a month later, uh, we got a call from Johnny. And Johnny identified himself as 19 years old. He has Down syndrome, and he's a bagger at a grocery store. And he said, I was at your conference, and I remember I got so jazzed up, but I didn't know what exactly to do and how I could be an encouragement to those around me. So I went home, and I had a conversation with my dad, and we sat down at the computer, and every day, we write out a statement that's affirming to people, that's encouraging to them. And I write it down in, in six lines and six cards, and I print out, and we got 300 copies of it. And every night, I cut them out, and then I sign each one, Johnny said. And then I go to the grocery store the next day in my shift, and every day as I'm bagging up the groceries, in the very last bag, I take that encouraging word, and I put it in that bag, and I hand it to him, and I look them in the eye, and I say, I hope you have a great day. I put something in your bag that I hope brightens and encourages you today. Thanks for coming. And off they go. And what's fascinating is a month later, the owner 
of that grocery store called Ken and his team and said, I don't know what happened to Johnny at this conference, but you won't believe what's happening in our store. What happens is that every single day that Johnny is there, there are lines of people in his line, in his checkout line. And I'll even come up on the intercom system and tell them we have other checkers where people can go. And yet people after people will walk down the line of people. It stretches from Johnny's checkout line all the way to the frozen section in the back. And we'll walk up and down the line and say, we have other places to check, other checkout or self-checkout. And people will go, no, 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 I'm here for Johnny. I need his encouraging word one day. And every single day, people line up from his checkout line, clear back to the frozen section. One lady said, I used to come to the store once a week for groceries. I try to come every day just to see Johnny. See, you won't believe what's happening. That people would walk down the line and line up and, and, and stand in this really long line because of an encouraging word from a young man. Listen, there are a lot of people on the org chart of that grocery store. Do you want to know the one who has the most power? Johnny. Because people line up to be built into, to have words spoken into them and over them. He is speaking words of life and words that can change a culture and words can change a group. Friends, if it can happen in a grocery store, then it can happen in a church. And that's what we're called to. The place where we speak words of life to one another, we are a community that says, we're not going to gossip here. Uh, we're going to do our best to, to not share hearsay. Uh, we're not going to get things wrong. We're going to do our best to engage in kind of shutting off and zipping up this deadly poison that can get conversations sideways and eventually get relationships sideways. We're going to practice Matthew 18, that if I have something between someone, I'm actually going to go to that person. I'm not going to talk about that person with other people. I'm going to actually go to them, and we are going to get things right. We're going to build up. We're going to share words that breathe life into others. Listen, we live in a hard world, don't we? You have enough words of anguish and anxiety and pain and stress and desire uh, and despair in our culture spoken over you and around you all the time. You have employees and coworkers and friends and acquaintances that can cut you down to subatomic particles with their tongue in mere seconds. We all walk in that kind of world, but friends, we want to be the kind of people who speak words of life here and everywhere we go. In our groups, we choose to speak life into people and to build people up. Our world is starving for encouragement that people will line up in a grocery store all the way back to a frozen section to get an encouraging word. Uh, Ann Landers is a columnist. She writes these words. People of high intelligence talk about ideas. People of average intelligence talk about things. People of limited intelligence talk about other people. It's a sobering word. Friend, think about the kind of power and influence you have in your words that you can have. When it comes to gossip, we're going to choose to zip it. We're not going to be the people who share it. We're going to be intentional and purposeful about building others up. We want to be helpful, not just nice. We're going to be intentional about that. We're going to commit to speaking words of life 
everywhere and to everyone. We're going to encourage people the best we know how and the most often that we can. We're going to leverage our words like Jesus did. The way that he speaks life over you and speaks life into you as his followers, we're going to follow suit. And so when it comes to gossip, we're going to zip it. If we have an issue or a struggle with someone, we're going to go to that someone, not talk about that someone to other people. We're not going to include people that aren't part of the problem or part of the solution. We're going to choose to be different. We're going to leverage our words because if a grocery store can get it right, then friends, the church has to get it right. And you and I get to be part of the solution to showing here's how we can use our words. And using our words can change cultures, it can change people, it can change the world. And so Father, I pray for my friends here in Kearney. I pray that um, for each one of us, wherever we are, God, would you help us to be people who, who zip it up who don't pass it on, to be people who choose to, to use our words to build up, who choose to be people who put a guard over our mouth. God, that prayer of David in Psalm 141, God, would you put uh, a watch over our lips, a guard over us? We don't want to be drawn away toward evil, but we want to speak life. We want to speak hope into people. God, would you help us to leverage our words in a way that would benefit those who listen? We want to be kind of the people who speak life to everyone and everywhere we go. So this week, would you find us and lead us to maybe one or two conversations that we can speak life into? If we hear things, God, would you help us just to, to maybe go to the person, but not just to share willy-nilly in things? God, we want to be people who leverage our words well. And so I pray your blessing over those in Kearney and your blessing over each one of us as followers of Jesus to use our words well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, friends. See you next week.